think the way things are going is that people should think of this as um, like a new stethoscope. So, so anyone who works in um, the healthcare, you know, be they doctors or other healthcare professionals, who currently listens to someone's chest with a stethoscope to see if they can um, hear wheezing or other signs of lung pathology, should be thinking to themselves, those days are about to pass. I think. <laughs> Welcome to episode 44 of the Obsangani Quick Care Podcast. Okay, hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This week um, we're going to do a topic which I've been waiting to do for a long time, it's a um, really enthusiastic about, which is uh, lung ultrasound, and I'm joined by a colleague, uh, our, one of our fellows from the UK, Parvish. How are you going, Parvish? Yep, really well. Thank you for asking me to join you. Um, so, um, so yeah, lung ultrasound is a very useful technique, and um, just, just to kick it off, uh, Parvish, um, what are the sort of um, um, usefulness What's the sort of useful things that you think? Are yeah, I, th- I, I think it's really useful. Um, I think it's um, it's a it's a point of care sort of technique that you can use. Very non-invasive, really easy to well, easy to learn. It's got a steep learning curve, but it is very very easy to learn. The, uh, you know, you've got ultrasound probes and uh, systems available in pretty much any clinical area that you can think of, um, and all the clinical areas that will have one. Are most likely to have either a curved linear probe or a straight vascular probe, and those are the really the two probes that you can use. Uh, and the curved linear probe, the sort of abdominal one that everyone else uses, you can pretty much use for anything, and it's the best all-round probe for uh, lung ultrasound. Uh, and yeah, you can use you can use lung ultrasound to diagnose um, all kinds of things. Like you can look for people, people you can look for pneumothoraces, you can look for pleural effusions. Um, uh, um, uh, fluid on the lung, uh, or quite if we correctly say interstitial fluid, yep. um, and um, and if when you when you get better at it, which I, I'm definitely not, you can look at things like um, uh, consolidating lung processes and and sort of other things slightly more complicated like air bronchograms. But um, I have to say, you know, the first three pneumothorax fluid and uh, effusions are the things that are the most e- easiest to learn to use. Um, yeah, it's really, really, really good. Yep, and so I guess uh, the way people uh, who are listening there might be thinking, oh, well, this sounds a bit complicated and it's only for um, for, for people who are yeah. into using ultrasound and uh, you know, clever people, basically. But um, I think the way things are going is that people should think of this as um, like a new stethoscope. So so anyone who works in um, the healthcare, you know, be they doctors or other healthcare professionals who currently listens to someone's chest with a stethoscope to see if they can... Um, hear wheezing or other signs of lung pathology should be thinking to themselves those days are about to pass I think and um, oh, and, and pretty much everyone will be having a quick look at someone's lungs uh, whether it be in, a, in, a, in an outpatient clinic or on a ward or an emergency department or anywhere really um, I, I uh, with, with an ultrasound. I definitely agree with that I think um, I- you know in the next few years in the near future um, 
definitely uh, the stethoscope may be phased out maybe small portable ultrasound probes and uh, sort of units might be available I know there are small units that certain advanced paramedics carry in the UK for lung ultrasound purposes and even echo which is yep. there is a there is a sort of um, uh, a probe that can do sort of everything uh, and yeah and it's really useful that's right yeah and I know physios uh, use it when they're um, going around the wards um, getting people to do breathing exercises so it's this is a technology or a technique that's, that's going to be used by everyone yeah. so it's time for everyone to sort of um, join the party really and it is uh, once you start to using it you realize how simple and easy it is and how powerful it is so um, to tell me Pavesh how did you first come across lung ultrasound so it's an interesting story. Yeah, it is an interesting story. I um, So part of our, our training back in the UK, uh, we rotate through several hospitals, and I, I worked in a really busy, fantastic uh, hospital, uh, St. Bart's uh, Hospital, which is basically, a, it's, a, it's now the biggest cardiac centre in Europe. And um, as a part of our rotation, we cover the cardiac ICUs, and one of the um, uh, ITU consultants and cardiac anaesthetists is an Italian fellow called um, Giampaolo Martinelli, and his enthusiasm knows no bounds when it comes to ultrasound and echo. And he would take his ultrasound machine uh, uh, on every ward round, and you would ultrasound everyone. And what and it would take seconds just to put a probe on someone's chest yep. and have a look at how what the fluid. You know, y you'd be able to wean people on depending on how much fluid they if they've got any fluid on the lungs, if they've got an effusion, if they've got anything else going on. His skill was, you know, it was it was sort of tenth dan level, but you know, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, you know, and you know, we can only I can only aspire to uh, sort of be like that. But uh, you know, his enthusiasm definitely rubbed off, and so I decided that you know I'm going to start sticking ultrasound probes on, you know, after getting a few tips and going on a course, and and I really felt like uh, it really made a difference in in one particular patient that I always go back to when I was sort of a couple of years later working in, an, uh, in a general ITU myself, where there was an elderly lady who was an actual fact was a post-cardiac patient and had a, had basically had a severe car, uh, bypass hit off uh, and, a, and a CVA and was a really long respiratory wean, a really small lady, and we just couldn't get her off the ventilator and she was referred for long-term um, sort of weaning. Um, and chest x-rays, repeat chest x-rays just wouldn't show anything. You know, they yep. looked like well hyper-expanded lungs. She had a background of emphysema. And I just thought, you know, on a quiet shift, I said, let me stick the ultrasound probe on. I've got a bit of time. And I had a look, and chest x-rays had pretty much been clear. And I managed to see that this woman had absolutely huge pleural effusions bilaterally. Yep. Um, we decided to tap those pleural effusions and I tapped off this small lady about a litre off each side and as a result we were able to wean this person off of and or significantly wean them from being sort of in a sort of uh, uh, you know in a static in a status quo for so long and I just thought to myself you know we had so many senior people look at these chest x-rays and they weren't able to and I you know someone who's got very little skill was able to stick a probe on and tap a litre off yeah, each side right. and we had made a massive difference it was uh, you know really took seconds gave us so much information and anyone could do it. and any uh, everyone who saw it was like oh that's obvious yeah it was so it wasn't it's not a difficult school to learn not is at it? all that's the thing. It so not at all so so that brings up the point a uh, great uh, anecdote but it brings up the point about um the um, comparing it to the efficacy or the um, sensitivity and specificity of a chest x-ray which is probably the sort of standard uh, 
first um, first line radiological imaging that people use when they when someone is confronted with uh, some sort of respiratory disease. Yeah. So uh, it's much more sensitive and specific, isn't it? Yeah. Like I for, mean, it's for many pathologies. I mean, for things like effusion, it, it, it approaches <coughs> something like almost 100% with sensitivity yep. and specificity. You know, whereas, uh, and you know, uh, uh, you know, in certain literatures, you can read that you can miss up to a 500 mil effusion on a patient um, on the chest X-ray. Yep. Whereas on a on a on an ultrasound, that's not going to happen. Yep. You know, you will you, you'll see anything. You know, uh, 500 mils is very very obvious. Yep. Um, uh, you'll definitely see that. In terms of other pathologies, we yep. could talk about a pneumothorax. Yep. You know, um, you know, we uh, I, I've, I've been in many clinical situations where we've performed a chest X-ray and we've not seen a pneumothorax. And pneumothorax and your chest X-rays aren't the easiest things to. You know, if there's an obvious pneumothorax, you can see it. And CT is very easy to see a pneumothorax on. Now, and a chest, uh, an ultrasound of the lung, it has a very similar specificity and sensitivity of diagnosing. Um, or even excluding pneumothorax uh, uh, as CT does. That's right. Yep. It, it's 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 brilliant. It really yep. is. And, you know. and so the thing you got to remember is ultrasound. You can move the probe around the chest and look at different parts of the chest. Whereas a chest X-ray is just this two D image going through the Absolutely. through the patient, and you can miss um, a small or even mildly mild um, sized. Um, pneumothoraces quite easily, yeah. especially if the, the patient's supine yeah. and that sort of thing. Absolutely. And I, I have seen a pneumothorax <coughs> only because we already knew there was a pneumothorax, yeah. I wanted to see what it looked like. And it is really obvious. Yeah. Once you know that, they, once, you, once you see it, you, uh, you'll never be able to unsee it, so to speak. You know, you'll yeah. definitely know what you're looking for. Yep. And the other thing, the, the other low-hanging fruit, I think, is uh, interstitial fluid, which in most cases, for most patients that we see, will be uh, pulmonary edema. And I personally have only been doing lung ultrasound for months. And I've already found someone who, uh, with a chest X-ray, was reported by a radios as clear, and uh, and she in fact had uh, pulmonary edema, and it was just barn door obvious to me. I put the probe on, and I thought that there's beelines swinging through the field, um, and I thought this is obvious, and I didn't, uh, w you know, it took seconds, and then I s and then I had a look at the heart and found some other pathologies. So um, yeah, um, and beelines are the things that you see when. Um You've got well. You're gonna have a couple of B lines, which are sort of horizontal streaks. Yeah. Uh, or vertical streaks. Or vertical streaks, I should yeah. say. Um, and um, they're physiological. But if you've got loads. Yeah. That's then right. that's that's extra fluid, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Especially in the apices of a, a of an erect patient, you know, that's um, uh, abnormal. Yeah. And in the setting of, uh, you know, should I tell you the, the my anecdote? Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So a woman who came in, um, without revealing too much clinical information. Basically, with um, sepsis, which unfortunately led to the demise of her child, um, but she also had a lot of diarrhoea, and so she was thought to have had, thought to possibly have some sort of gastrointestinal um, cause for her for her illness, and so she was she had a low blood pressure and was getting crystalloid, and uh, I was concerned, you know, what what is going on? So I thought um, we started on some vasopressor, and I thought um, I had the ultrasound probe in my hand, I'd use that to put the outline in, and I thought, right, I'm just going to have a look at her lungs and her heart. And I just literally just put the probe on her anterior chest, and I could see these B lines. And and she was actually sh um, um, a little bit short of obviously short of breath if you took the time to look. So she wasn't blatantly obvious, but when you looked at her and took the time, you could see that her respiratory rate was about 20, and actually her sats on room air were about 93%. So they're abnormal. And then I put the, ch the the probe on, and there were these B lines swinging all around the place. And I looked; it was at both sides, all over the chest. And uh, <coughs> then I had a look at her IVC, which wasn't that hard to do, and that was 
distended in full, so I knew that straight away she wasn't dehydrated from gastroenteritis. And this is from and your echocardiographic skills that you have? Uh, well, I had um, I have been exposed to um, people, a little bit of teaching on lung ultrasound, but I wasn't, um, I had never done a formal course or anything like that. I've watched a few sort of tutorials online. And uh, so I knew straight away that she was full and she was on the verge of sort of you know, clinical pulmonary edema. Um, she did have a chest X-ray after this, which was reported as normal. And I also did have a look at her heart and I found this barn door, really obvious mitral stenosis, which was severe. Yeah. So straight away, you know, the, the point of care ultrasound was just such a game changer. You know, none of that I would have known about. Uh, or if we did find out about it, it would have been days later probably. Yeah. So I mean, that's a brilliant story. I think, uh, uh, you know, I think anyone in a high dependency area should get uh, a probe stuck on their chest. And, you know, yep. Um, so every, I think everyone, anyone who is, could possibly be asked to um, assess someone who comes in with shortness of breath or, or presents with shortness of breath should think about learning this. It's not that hard, uh, and the learning curve is, is pretty short. Um, and it doesn't mean you can't do chest X-rays or CTs and, or have a listen to their chest with a stethoscope. You know, this is this is just another tool, yeah, um, oh, definitely. but much more powerful than a stethoscope and probably a chest X-ray as well. And you don't get the exposure to the radiation. That's right. Yep. Um, what are we going to talk about next? So we've talked about, um, I think we have talked about all the main conditions, haven't we? We've yeah, chucked so. in a few anecdotes. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, the consolidation, but I think you need a bit, I think that takes a bit of skill to learn. I, I don't really know what I'm looking for if someone's yep. got consolidation. In actual fact, chest X-ray is probably still, chest X-ray and CT is still probably still yep. very, very good for uh, diagnosing consolidating processes. Yeah. But if you see something, I mean, you're probably got, if you've got someone who you think might have a consolidation or a pneumonia, you are going to be going to get a chest x-ray anyway. Yeah, so there's definitely. nothing, no harm having a look with the, um, with the ultrasound probe as well. Yeah, And uh, it's a learning curve, and I'm sure over time you get used to looking at, uh, you start recognising things um, as you get more experience and more used to looking at images. All right. I'll yeah, people should just get out there and use it, shouldn't they? Yeah, so I guess what we really want people to do when they listen to this is to just make a bit of an effort to uh, ha have a read of um, some introductory um, articles. What uh, consider, you know, um, hitting up some people in your hospital who are already doing it. If uh, if they are, if there are some, asking them for their advice, and just start doing it. So every patient that you see has got two lungs uh, and a heart and other things that you can look at. And, if, and just about every department in every hospital now um, has an ultrasound, and they all, well, just about all ultrasounds have a curvilinear probes, yeah. which is the standard probe, and that. So you know whether you be in the um, in the Mafau in an obstetric hospital or the um, or um, you're in the theatre and you've got the standard sort of anaesthetic you know, machine with all the different probes. You know, it doesn't matter where you are; you can have a look at someone's lungs. Um, if any, so we'll finish off. If anyone uh, wants, um, they can they can find um, resources themselves just typing into Google, really. But uh, one useful um, article, if you're um, so inclined, is the, there's a um, practical Approach to Lung Ultrasound in the British Journal of Anesthesia Education, which was published about two or three years ago, and that's yeah, a really... 2015, yeah. Yeah, because some of the lung ultrasound protocols are quite complicated and they involve, like, looking at eight different parts of the lung, etc. This was a really simple approach. This is very simple. And I'll look at two... For my, uh, yeah. more than enough. Yeah, you look at two two um, two spots on the anterior chest and then one in the sort of um, uh, lateral um, uh, axillary region. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, any final closing words, Babish? No, I think just get on with it. Just just start using it. Yep. Just start uh, using so it. if you if you are thinking about listening to someone's chest with a stethoscope, um, get, uh, get the ultrasound out as well. Get the ultrasound out. That's it. You know, okay. throw away the stethoscope. Okay. Thanks, Pavish. Great. Yep. Cheers. Thanks. Great one.
Thanks for listening, everyone. If you like the show, please go to the Apple Podcast menu and rate us and give us a review. Um, and also feel free to go to the website, uh, org, where there will be links to relevant articles and show notes. Thanks for listening.